and on scorenorth.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Darren Dookie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. DGIF Scoop Podcast Faithful. This is episode 284 on this Friday, the 21st of February. It's Darren Doogie Wolfson joining us in studio for a few minutes. He's NFL agent Blake Barrett's Institute for Athletes. Just on the Vikings alone, he has Adam Thielen as a client, CJ Ham, Stephen Weatherly, Ifedi Odenabo. When it comes to draft prospects, Tyler Johnson, the former Gopher, is a client of his. Former Gopher Blake Cashman of the New York Jets is a client of his. The NFL Combine gets going early next week. Blake will be in Indianapolis, and he's nice enough to join us now to lay out what that trip to Indianapolis will look like. Blake, thanks for being in studio. All right, just lay out when you leave for Indianapolis, and once you're there, how busy you will Uh, be. Take off Tuesday morning, and it's very busy. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, Meeting with all the NFL teams. We have a we have a mandatory agent seminar uh, where the NFLPA addresses probably CBA negotiations, new rules, uh, discipline with other agents. Agents ask questions. Uh, it's a busy. It's a busy three days. You start to get a, a feel of the landscape of the free agent market. You start to hear rumors. You either uh, validate those rumors or uh, you just you really. It's an information gathering session. So as much as we're allowed to talk and can talk, you're meeting with uh, pending free agents and their existing teams to understand what their plans are for free agency and plans for cap space and where they're going to utilize it and get feedback on draft prospects. And, you know, it's it's continued conversation from being at the Senior Bowl. All the teams are at the Senior Bowl, too. So you start to have those conversations. And now they're a little further along. They have coaching staffs in place and they have GMs in place and they have a little better understanding of what the draft looks like and uh, where they're going to allocate dollars and where there may be potential cap cuts. And we've done our own analysis internally of what these teams' plans should look like. Uh, And then we're there to help validate those or, again, hear that they're going to go a different route. Um, All the while gathering information that pertains to Ah, uh, the clients that we have. All right. So, on your individual work, your agency's work, how about with the Vikings? I mean, I laid out how many clients you have on the Vikings. You have a vested interest, maybe more so in the Vikings than any other team. So, as you do your analysis, your diligence on what this offseason could look like for the Vikings, what does your analysis say? Uh, you know, it's tough because selfishly, I would like all my clients to play for the Vikings. It would make my uh, personal and professional life a lot easier. And mm-hmm. I grew up here, and and deep down, I think I'm still a Vikings fan. Uh, and I'm I'm close with a lot of people in the organization, so I I want them to do well, and I want them to succeed. Um, they're in a they're in a different spot this year. I mean, it's a call a spade a spade. It's a different spot. Um, you know, they have they're tough on cap space. Uh, they have a quarterback going the final year of his deal. You have, you know, potentially a head coach and GM going into the end of their deals, and they're kind of in win now mode, but they don't have depth in a lot of spots. Um, uh, it's it's a different off season. It's it's going to be tough. We'll see what happens. I don't, I, you know, they're going to have to create some space, and they're going to have to create depth. Um, and they have a couple tradable assets, but. It's tough to trade assets when you're in win now mode. So I, you know, and it's tough to be in win now mode and also plan for the future because those are, you know, somewhat conflicting. So 
I don't know. It it depends. I'm sure they're having a lot of internal conversations, and you know they're going to make determinations about how far they are away. They may believe they're a player or two away. I don't know. Um, and it's they're in a t- they're in a somewhat of a difficult spot. I think. I think um, it's more than somewhat. Like I think it is a difficult <laughs> spot. Now I do foresee Zimmer and Spielman getting contract extensions. I think the question more so is, what's the term on those extensions? Is it one more year? Is it multiple years? But I think undoubtedly both guys are getting contract extensions. They got contract extensions last year. I think we'll have news here in in the coming days. In fact, I mean, we're taping this actually on Tuesday afternoon, just based on you doing some radio work with me on Score North Live. Who knows? By the time this airs, maybe Mm -hmm. we'll even have some news. But I think maybe more so in Indianapolis at the Combine or shortly thereafter. But, yeah, I mean, I think, think, Blake, this is as fascinating an offseason for the Vikings as I can remember. We're not used to seeing them. This significantly over the cap. I don't have the exact number. You might know 10 million, 12 million, but there's work to be done just to be cap compliant. Like they need yeah. to make moves just to get under the cap, let alone us talking about them pursuing any number of free agents. Yeah. And Rob Brzezinski's done a really good job over the years of putting them in a really, um, a really great space from a cap perspective. And um, the quarterback throws that out of whack. You know, when you go, all in on your quarterback at those dollar amounts and it doesn't work to perfection you you know and whether that was rob's call or above rob's call because it was such a significant move for the organization that that changes things and if that works out um and you're looking to extend him you can save a bunch of money on the cap if you're unsure and it's going to count a hard 28 million or 27 or 29 whatever it is against the cap you know that's taking up a significant portion of your cap room and that's why historically you're seeing you know, the teams that are on rookie quarterback deals and have their key components on on rookie deals have a significant advantage until they get up to the thirty and forty million dollar a year benchmark because it's tough to keep everybody in a in a hard cap system. Yeah, I mean you look at Baltimore, right? As disappointed as they are, one and done in the playoffs when they had Super Bowl aspirations, they have forty something million dollars in cap space in large part because they have a really good quarterback, Lamar Jackson, on a rookie deal. Eventually, soon, they'll have to pay him. But right now, they have cap space. And, oh, by the way, the cap is about to go up, which is fascinating in in this this conversation, right? We don't know necessarily what the new collective bargaining agreement will look like, heck, even if they reach an agreement at some point in the near future, although that league is making too much money, right? Like, can you foresee a work stoppage? There's too much money at stake. I I don't see a work stoppage. I right, just think good. the I, right. the owners. Have, There's a lot to fix, but yeah, I just think the owners are. You have 32 billionaire owners that are pretty aligned, and and they can worse worse comes to worse worse they can sit out a year if need be. I'm not convinced 2200 players can agree on anything, let alone sit out a year financially. So, and that until they're really until players are really willing to sit out. And significant time, whether it's six months, a year, two years, everything else becomes a moot point. Because if you're not willing to do that, then locking out or striking is irrelevant. But isn't the issue that players 30 to 53 on a roster, so whatever that is, 23 players times 32 teams, how many guys is that? They need those paychecks, right? Absolutely. Like they're not in a position to be sitting out a year. Correct. They need the paychecks. So unless there's a solution to how they can get paid during that that time or i mean listen the last cba got done in 2011 so 
you know, there was time to start the process to solve this. We're kind of at the 11th hour now. And I'm not saying work wasn't done prior. It probably was. I just think it's a very, it's a very difficult job. It's hard to get seven guys in the locker room to agree on anything, let alone 2,200 players. And then you got a bunch of agents representing those players and half of them don't get along. So it just, it's hard to band everyone together and understand what the real issues are and the major issues and making sure they're fighting for them and, it's that that shield, that NFL shield and logo is always going to be bigger than any team or any player. And the 32 billionaire owners, there's a reason they pay Roger Goodell 55 million bucks a year. It's he can be the bad guy. He can lead them. And uh, he, he's got to he should be the commissioner for the National Football League, not just the owner's boss. But it's turned out to be. I'm going to look out for the 32 billionaire owners. Oh, that's absolutely. my prerogative. <laughs> because that's how he makes $55 million a year. It's those 32 guys. Exactly. It's, it's not the players. All right, let's exactly. do a little bit of a dive on, on a couple of your Vikings clients. Stephen Weatherly yep. is an unrestricted free agent. Yes. The market presumably should be should be pretty ripe for him. I think it will be. I think young, uh, young intelligent um, defensive linemen that can play inside and outside and and have developed. Um, he's really developed. He's only 24 years old. There's a market for that. Um, there's always a market for guys that can get to the quarterback, and uh, he can do it from a myriad of positions. I think there will be a good market for him. And I, I'd like him back here, and I think that's still a, a very realistic possibility, but uh, there will be a good market for him as well. C.J. Ham, restricted he, free agent, he's pro gonna bowler. Be, he's going to be restricted. I don't know. And they use a fullback. He's he's and that Kubiak offense. Like he's, he's important to the Vikings. He's featured pretty prominently. He's important here. Uh, he's obviously a great character guy, great football player. Um, can play a lot of different positions. Plays special teams really well that no one really talks about. Um, I know they don't want to lose him here. If they give him the second round tender, that'll take him off the market because no one's going to give up a second round pick and pay a fullback. What's um, the money on that though? I'm I'm projecting it to be three point four million dollars in that ballpark for a year. Seems unlikely. Seems high. Um, if they give him the drafted round tender because he was undrafted, he could fetch offers, and that puts you at risk a little bit, especially when you're up against the cap because another team can come in and make an offer that makes it really difficult for you to match. Um, so you can take him off. You know, the difference between that's a million bucks. You want to take a guy that you respect off the market for a million bucks, you can do that. And then, by the way, just because they give you the second-round tender doesn't mean you can't still work out a, a long-term extension. That's mm -hmm. what we did with Thielen on his second deal. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there might be there might be an opportunity to get him extended where it's not, you know, where you're not paying a guy $3.4 million for one year and then he hits the market. So... I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if they know what they're going to do. We're, we're scheduled to get together next week in Indy, and I'll have more information. Uh, but I know they really want him here. And if they if he's not here, I know there's going to be a market for him. What are those conversations like with teams? I mean, technically, free agency doesn't start until, what, I guess you can you can have legit conversations starting, what, like March 15th or 16th? Yeah. March 18th is when guys can officially sign contracts. Yeah, but, like, you can meet with the Vikings because you have Stephen Weatherly, the C.J. Ham, but... You can like, talk to your own... You can talk yeah, to their existing are team. They, are they general conversations? Like, you can't bring up... Right, I mean, the rules say you can't bring up Stephen Weatherly if you're meeting with the Indianapolis Colts, for example. Correct. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of hypothetical conversations. I think it's a really stupid rule because a lot of teams are and players are having these... It's incredibly stupid. These conversations yes. anyway. Um... I don't really get it. I feel like once the season's over, 
Uh, once the Super Bowl is over, yeah, free you for all. Be, you should be able to start to market your One, clients uh, yes. because the, your, Sing your, it. the own team still has the ability to re-sign the player for two months anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, I've never really understood that rule. I just I think it's outdated, and the fact that they put in this three-day window where you can have these legitimate conversations that's outdated too. That's outdated. They're having them anyway. <laughs> So everyone's starting the conversation with, well, hypothetically, if Stephen Weatherly was to get to the open market, hypothetically, would you be interested? And hypothetically, what would that value be? And hypothetically, what does the contract look like? It's really stupid. It's a waste of everyone's time and energy. (laughs) All right. A couple final points for local NFL agent, locally based, Blake Barrett's Institute for Athletes represents a number of players. He'll be in Indianapolis next week. For the Combine, one of your draft prospect clients, Tyler Johnson, the former gopher, will participate in the combine, he's working out where out west. I mean, so far so good as he's he wasn't, prepping for. I mean, the real the real test is March twenty fifth, pro day here. But he'll meet with teams in Indianapolis. Like Indianapolis is still a pretty big deal, even if maybe more eyes will be on that pro day March twenty fifth. It is. I mean, Indianapolis is a big deal. I think uh, teams are going to be excited to sit down with him. His film, you know, has been extraordinary the last couple of years, and. You know, listen, you got to, for each client, it's a different situation. If you if you feel like there can be vast improvement in any any athletic drill, whether it's a bench press or a vertical jump or a 40-yard dash, by getting an extra 30 days of work, you know, you'd be doing your client an injustice to tell them to go out there and do it at the combine. Uh, that's why you see some of the top quarterbacks throw. That's why you see some of the top quarterbacks not throw. If they're ready, if there's not that tangible of a difference, if Tyler Johnson's going to run... Four four five or four five five. Whether he runs it in Indianapolis or whether he runs it thirty days from now, if he's hitting his peak already. Then yeah, get it out of the way in Indy, and you don't have to do it again at, at, at Minnesota's pro day. Each client's different. We're gonna have some clients there that may do everything, and we have we're gonna have some clients there that may not do as much, and we haven't even determined that yet. We'll determine that by the end of the week. But if there's significant improvement available over a 20 or 30 day period and minnesota happens to have a late pro day if his pro day was march 7th good point you don't have any other time to to improve anyway so it may not make a difference yeah but there's some time there all right so he's training out in california who's he training with like training training is going really well he's training out at exos in san diego and he'll be back here right after the pro day okay and exos is top of the line people listening right now i mean exos is great they're like number one when it comes to to combine training work. They're great. They have great trainers. Uh, it's a great facility. Uh, they're really easy to work with. And when he comes back, uh, we're going to have him do a lot of one-on-one work with Adam, actually. Adam's going to help him from a receiver-specific nice. yeah. standpoint. And then he's going to work out with... Can't beat that. Can't beat that. And he's going to work with Ryan Engelbert at ETS. Yeah, Ryan's CJ great. trains and, yeah. Ryan tra- and Adam trains and uh, for the last 30 days. I mean... Heck, if the wide receiver class wasn't so deep, like the deepest ever, I mean, Tyler very well could be a Friday pick. But even if he lands on Saturday, let's say fourth or fifth round, mm-hmm. he's going to help somebody. He can play inside. He can play outside. I agree. I think he's going to be a good pro. I really do. I'm not – I've never been a huge combine 40-yard dash. I'm more of you turn the film on, you get to know the player, you get to know the person, how competitive are they. Um, I mean, look at the Vikings. They have an undrafted player, a guy who was on a tryout basis, and Adam Thielen and a fifth-round pick in Stephon Diggs. And, and B.C. Johnson, who was a seventh-round pick. And B.C. Johnson. And B.C.'s going to be around for a while. Right. So I don't I don't know what he's going to run yet, but I know that's the team's concern with him, and I, I personally put some stock in that. I just, I've never been a big underwear Olympics guy, like put all this stock in a 40-yard dash. If you, have, if you can't watch a guy 
play for three or four years and make an evaluation on how that's going to turn, how that's going to look when they become professionals and interview them and get your hands on them. And you're going to make that big of a difference between a four six two and a four four eight when they're in underwear and running a straight line when they don't do that on National Football League field anyway. I'm with you. I just and he's done it for multiple years. Yeah, in multiple offenses. Oh, by the way, he didn't play wide receiver in high school at all. No, at Minneapolis North, quarterback, yeah. Yeah. defensive back, yeah. did some wide receiver work on the side. Yeah, but never really played it in a game. And like you can I'm, make a case. Yeah. We are just now scratching the surface of the wide receiver Tyler Johnson can be in a few years. I I truly believe that. Time will tell, and you got to be in the right system, and you got to continue to get coached up, and you got to get the opportunities. But he's smart. He works his tail off. He gets it. He's a hard worker. Like, I'll, I would bet on him all day. And we can dismiss, I mean, Matt Miller, Bleacher Report. You can dismiss These character red flags. Can, I, I don't think Matt's making that up. Somebody told him that, but... Well, Did it get lost in the, when in we the get chain to India, of, you know... When we get to India... It I'm, doesn't make sense to me, put it meet, that way. Somebody who's known Tyler for five, six years. Doesn't exactly. make sense to me. I'm going to meet with all 32 teams in Indy, and I'm going to ask every single one of them, even if you have some character issue in his folder, can someone just tell me what it is? It's like, I, I've gotten... Yeah, we have something, but I don't really know what it is. So, I mean, I need to know, is it just made up? Because... I would just like to know what it is if it actually exists. So I'll, I'll do a little more digging once I get to Indianapolis. I mean, he coexisted very well with Rashad Bateman, PJ Flex guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure maybe internally he thought, I'm supposed to be the guy. They bring in this wide receiver from Georgia and they feature him, but we never heard any of that stuff. So even if he was thinking it, he never verbalized it. I just think I'm with you. Just yeah, put on I think the it's film all nonsense. over all multiple nonsense. years. Just yep. throw in the Auburn game for yeah. Pete's sakes. The Outback Bowl, right? Just watch that game. Yep. Any number of games. For sure. Absolutely. That's Those are his best assets to sell right there. And an incredible athlete. Like, he was a phenomenal basketball player. Yeah. Like, I'm convinced if he wanted to go the basketball route coming out of high school, mm-hmm. he could have played pretty high-level college basketball. Like, I, think I think so he was too. that good at basketball. I think so, too. So we're talking about a, a phenomenal athlete. athlete. Yeah, he's, he's a good Regardless athlete. Regardless if he runs a 4.58 or a 4.47, four, I'm with you. What's the difference? I agree with you. You're not playing in shorts. I watched Keenan Allen run a slow time, and he's been torching defenses, and Anquan Bolden set all the rookie records and second-year records as a receiver. I think he might have ran 4.8 or high 4.7s. Um, granted, it's a copycat league, and teams watch... You know, Tyreek Hill runs circles around people, and they get inundated with that. But I'm more old school, man. Put the put the film on, and you got certain guys, when the lights come on, they perform. Another guy like that is Blake Cashman. We'll finish with Blake. Yep. When he played, he had a good rookie year. He Unfortunately, rookie though, year. he ends up getting hurt. He had a great rookie year. I'm really excited about Blake. If he stays healthy, which I guess is the, the key for any NFL player, um, I think he's going to be very good. So he, he fits really well with the... The style of play this day and age. He's a he's a ball hawk, great special teamer, can run sideline to sideline, can cover slots, can cover tight ends, can cover running backs. And that's important. That's a three down linebacker in today's game. How's he doing though? What was the injury? Remind us what the injury was? He he tore his labrum again. He had a torn labrum and there was a little chip bone off of the shoulder. So we removed that chip bone um and just reattached re- reattached the labrum. Actually the same surgery he had while he was at Minnesota. Heard he had that mm. surgery once. 
but he'll be okay. Like he reports okay. back to what the Jets facility April twentieth. He should He's be ready to go for offseason workouts. He'll be in ready April. to go. I don't know if he'll be a full go in OTAs, but he'll definitely be a full go before training camp. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. yeah. I mean, once they put on the pads, you know, a few days of yeah. training camp. As long as he's good by then, yeah, all should be well. They're high on him, so I'm excited about him. All right, safe travels to Indianapolis. Thank you, sir. That's the voice for having of me. Blake Barrett's Institute for Athletes represents a number of NFL players. It's now time to empty out my figurative notebook as we continue here on Scoop Podcast episode 284 here on Score North on 1500 on this Friday night. Let's keep the NFL theme going. Anthony Harris, Vikings free agent safety has changed agents. He is now with Athletes First, a huge agency. Just on the Vikings alone, they represent Trey Waynes, Everson Griffin, Waynes and Griffin, unrestricted free agents like Harris. They also represent Kyle Rudolph, and they have Harrison Smith and Cameron Smith, and they're actually close to wrapping up a deal with yet another Viking. So Athletes First has their fingerprints all over the Vikings. I guess if you want Harris back, now, hey, cash will talk, money will talk, so if somebody blows him away with an offer and the Vikings have their cap issues, hey, he could be elsewhere, but I will say that Athletes First and the Vikings have a very good working relationship. On Griffin, it shouldn't be any surprise to those of you who listen to Score North that Griffin is an unrestricted free agent. Once he hit the six-and-a-half sack threshold, I know I told a bunch of people this on Twitter, he was always going to elect unrestricted free agency. He had the choice. He wants to have the power. So this is not surprising news that he will be on the open market. I will say, going back to last March before he signed that restructured contract with the Vikings, these four teams expressed interest. Now, the landscape with one of these teams is significantly different, but... Noteworthy nonetheless that maybe keep an eye on at least some of these teams come mid-March with Griffin hitting the open market. Also, the Vikings have interest in keeping Griffin. It'll come down to money, but the Vikings certainly have interest in retaining Griffin. But these four teams, Seattle, Washington, Oakland, I guess which is now Vegas, and Carolina. Some other NFL notes. The Cleveland Browns with Kevin Stefanski have some interest in Vikings restricted free agent fullback C.J. Ham Emphasis on restricted. The Vikings do have some control there. Vikings unrestricted free agent cornerback Mackenzie Alexander has been cleared to run and do some lateral work after his January knee surgery by OTAs. Wherever he ends up, he should be okay. So he's recovering nicely after that surgery about five, six weeks ago. Keeping the football theme going, former Gopher Antoine Winfield Jr., Technically, is not with an agent. Now, I noted on this podcast a few weeks ago that he was set to sign with a big agency, but that fell through. He then committed to another agent but never signed the paperwork. He's been training in Miami. In fact, I'm trying to track down the trainer. The trainer also trains, actually, of the Vikings, Dalvin Cook, Xavier Rhodes, and Stephon Diggs. So he's with a big-time trainer. He's been training with some other draft prospects. He'll be in Indianapolis next week. But interesting, nonetheless, that right now Antoine Winfield Jr., doesn't technically have an agent. Not all guys have agents, but still pretty interesting with, you know, visits to set up and it's a lengthy process, a grueling process. So a lot of guys like to have representation as they enter the NFL. So I think eventually he will, but interesting nonetheless that right now he does not. Keeping the Gopher football theme going, I was over at Totino Grace High School the other day connecting with their basketball team. On the basketball team is John Alt's son, Joe. He's a junior, junior offensive lineman slash tight end from Totino Grace High School. Good-looking athlete. I'm told the Gophers have a real chance to land him. So even with dad's ties to Iowa 
and Iowa wants him. He has a few offers, including Iowa, Iowa State, the Gophers, a couple others. I'm told the Gophers have a real chance to land offensive lineman slash tight end, likely an offensive lineman with that body at the next level, Joe Alt. Continuing the notes theme here, let's transition to women's basketball in no particular order here. The Lynx have some interest in former Gopher, Lakeville native, Rachel Bannum. She's a restricted free agent, but the belief is whoever extends her an offer that Connecticut likely would not match. On Simone Augustus. Yes, it did catch the Lynx somewhat off guard. In fact, about a week ago, my colleague, my good friend, Chris Long of 5 Eyewitness News, 5 Eyewitness Sports Channel 5, talked to Cheryl Reeve of the Lynx after the Rebecca Brunson News Conference. And at that time, Lynx GM slash coach Cheryl Reeve told us that she fully expected Simone back. I mean, it was, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but it was, yeah, nothing to worry about. She will be back. Now, sports is fluid. I say that all the time. So much can change, even in just 24 to 48 hours. But it is interesting that just a week ago, the Lynx were convinced that Augustus would be back with them. But she signs with the L.A. Sparks. The Lynx made her an offer. Make no mistake about that. This is on Simone. Simone decided to leave. There's no bridges burned here. You know, this isn't KG and Glenn Taylor, which we'll get to in a second. All is okay, but she made the decision. The Lynx offered her a contract. This was not money. The L.A. Sparks are not paying her more money than what the Lynx could have. Will she play out there? I mean, that's a loaded roster. I mean, she has a better chance to win a title, but interesting. Now, I don't know how much she was going to play here. Was she going to be more of a mentor? Did she get caught up in just free agent frenzy? Finally, in the WNBA, we have some free agent movement. I like it. I just know that the Lynx were caught off guard finding out that Simone was heading to Los Angeles. On the Wolves, Carl Anthony Towns, that wrist injury. Now, by the time you listen to this, I'm recording this on Friday early afternoon. By the time you listen to this, we may have a more definitive timeline. But as I record this, I'm told it's more like weeks, not days. Don't expect to see Carl Anthony Towns back on the court anytime soon. Evan Turner remains out for the Wolves. The sides are on the same page. It's not like the Wolves are requesting that Evan Turner be with them right now, but he's no longer an option with the Clippers. So he worked out for the LA Clippers last weekend. They end up getting their hands on Reggie Jackson, the former Pistons point guard. So that takes the Clippers out of the mix for Evan Turner. The Wolves had Zarko Durasic. He's been, he's the ultimate survivor. He's been in the Wolves front office for a really long time. He has survived multiple regimes. He has scouting responsibilities, kind of high up on the scouting food chain. He was at Duke, North Carolina State earlier this week. So certainly Duke. With Trey Jones, others, they have a few NBA prospects. Also, Gianluca Pascucci, the Wolves' assistant GM, was at Colorado USC on Thursday night. Colorado has a good-looking NBA prospect. USC does as well. So it's a busy time of the year for the Wolves, scouting a lot of NBA draft prospects. Jacob Evans and Keelan Martin are back from Iowa on Omari Spellman because I continue to be asked about Omari. All signs continue to point to him finishing the season in the Wolves organization. Maybe a name to watch in the summer. You know, if they need to add a contract to some sort of transaction, you know, I could see something like that happening. I'm not necessarily sure that the Wolves are married to Omari Spellman for next year, but at this point, it looks like Spellman will finish the season in the Wolves organization. Right now, he is in Iowa. Some leftover Kevin Garnett Wolves jersey retirement talk. I'm told any suggestion that Ryan Saunders can solve this dilemma is way, way, way overstated. KG and Ryan don't have much of a relationship. Nothing bad, I'm told. 
Just nothing really there. Bottom line, as long as Glenn Taylor is in charge, I don't foresee KG agreeing to have his jersey retired in a Target Center ceremony. I do believe time heals just about all wounds. I do believe one day, it might be five years from now, eight years from now, six years from now, I do believe one day we will see said ceremony. I just don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. But make no mistake, I mean, KG has been told, hey, if you want that ceremony to take place tomorrow, we'll do it. I mean, the Wolves are willing to do it. They've tried. In fact, they thought at one point, I'm told, last year that they were making progress. They thought they were making progress, but truth be told, no real progress was ever made. On Glenn Taylor, so I'm talking about, you know, at some point I could see a KG ceremony taking place when when Glenn is no longer in charge. I'm told that there are some people close to him encouraging him to sell. He could make so much money. And are the Wolves winning a championship anytime real soon? Would it make sense for him to profit? There are some people in his circle that have said, hey, Glenn, you need to listen. I mean, people continue to solicit him and others about, hey, you know, we'd like to buy the Wolves. Now, I'm told the New York real estate developer, Meyer Orbach, who's got limited ownership, I'm told he's not a legitimate option to be the majority owner. But I am told that, you know, maybe Glenn is willing to listen again. I mean, it's been a roller coaster. At one point a few years ago, he was listening heavily, then decides, no, I'm going to stay in charge here for a while. So it's a roller coaster. But I'm told there are some people in that Glenn Taylor circle encouraging him to take a long listen to some offers. On the wild, I did text with Bruce Boudreaux, hoping to connect with him in the next week or two. He's up in Canada this weekend. He'll do some TV work on Monday with the NHL trade deadline. On the NHL trade deadline, all I can tell you is Bill Guerin, this isn't breaking news, but Bill Guerin of the wild continues to listen to offers on a number of guys, including some defensemen. The NHL trade deadline comes Monday afternoon. On the Twins, Yolis Chassin, Seems like a good bet to make the opening day roster. He does have an opt-out date of just a few days before opening day. I have it written down as March 23rd, but I'm told early on in camp he has impressed some folks. I think there's a decent chance, decent to good chance, that Yolis Chassin ends up making the Twins. Continuing the baseball theme, great news for Sam Carlson. I saw him post on Instagram, the former Burnsville High School pitcher, that after 32 months, it's been one heck of a road for Sam, battling some injuries, some surgeries, that he is ready to go, that he is ready to get back on a mound. He's been taking some classes at Arizona State. He got a nice signing bonus as a pretty high pick a few years ago by the Seattle Mariners. So great news that Sam Carlson, Burnsville High School alum, is finally, after a long, long time, is able to get back on the mound. Mark Coyle had some interest from USC going back a few months. Mark Coyle recently signing a contract extension. Some people with the U citing that there were some schools sniffing around Mark Coyle, that the contract extension made sense. I can tell you one of those schools, I don't know if there's more than one, but one of them was USC. On Richard Patino, the buyout is $2 million until April 30th. The contract is set up where Coyle needs to make a decision. Either commit to Richard Patino for the next couple years or make the move now. In two years, the buyout only goes down to $1.5 million. In a year, it only goes down to $1.75 million. It actually goes down to $1.75 as of May 1st. So we're not talking much money there. Now, I did run the idea of buying out Patino by somebody high up on the university food chain. And I said, hey, you know, there are some budget concerns. Like a lot of these programs have had to cut budgets the last couple of years. Do you guys have the money to make a move if you wanted to. And I was told, hey, we always 
find a way. At this point, though, there is no steam. In fact, before the Iowa debacle and the Indiana game wasn't much better, so two straight debacles, I was told there was a good chance that Patino would be back. But after another debacle, you throw on top of that the debacle at Purdue a few weeks back. I mean, there's been some troubling losses. Now, looking at the roster heading into the year, I don't think expectations were real high. So I can't tell you definitively one way or another as I sit here on Friday night, the 21st of February, whether Patino will be out or not. I just wanted to lay out some of the facts and tell you that the evaluation process is ongoing. But are there some people tied to the program certainly worrying about their futures? Yes, I can tell you that. Absolutely. Definitively yes on that, that there are some people internally with the program wondering what the future holds. The Gophers had... Nine scouts in last weekend for the Iowa game. Nine NBA scouts, I should say. Emphasis on NBA. Keeping an eye on Daniel Latour. Certainly they were watching Luca Garza, other players as well. There were seven NBA teams represented at Gophers, Indiana. Now Indiana has the kid Jackson Davis who kicked their butt. He was the best player on the floor. He is an NBA prospect, but still noteworthy. Then ten NBA teams will be here next week for the Gophers-Maryland game. As far as I can tell, I don't remember the last time the Gophers had 10 NBA teams in the house for any game. I mean, that is pretty rock solid. Kevin Warren, Big Ten Commissioner, will be in next week to visit the Gophers. When we come back, speaking of the Gophers, we'll catch up with former linebacker Thomas Barber. He's getting ready for Gophers Pro Day on March 25th. Stay with us. It's The Scoop. You're getting The Scoop with Darren Dookie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. Find The Scoop on demand on scorenorth.com. And away we go. It is segment number two, the final segment of The Scoop podcast, episode 284, right here on Score North on 1500 on this Friday night, the 21st of February. We'll get to Thomas Barber, the former Gopher, in just a second. Some leftover notes that I forgot to get to. Last segment, the Lynx did make Danielle Robinson an offer, but she chose to sign with Las Vegas instead. Lynx head coach and general manager Cheryl Reeve was a guest of Lindsey Whalen's at Friday's practice. I'm sure they swapped some Simone Augusta stories. In fact, here is some of what Lindsey Whalen had to say before practice about Simone Augusta signing with Los Angeles. I thought she was fantastic. Here is Lindsay's response when we asked her about Simone leaving the Lynx. So I sent her a message, and I just said, you know, first of all, she's the most unselfish superstar the WNBA has ever seen. To welcome in me, Brunson, Maya, eventually Sill. Like, those are, um, you know, other players with a lot of, you know, clout in this league and whatnot so her to welcome us in to win was is incredible and then I said you know she changed the links but I think she also has changed the landscape of the state you know she's been a figure here for 14 years um, you know through through everything she's she's done on and off the court um, I've had more people reach out to me um, that yes of course everybody's you know wishes she was you know gonna play here and and finish her career here but that doesn't take away 14 years of, of having the impact that she's had and um, my time getting to play with her made me change my life, made me a better person and a better player and so um, so yeah, I'm an, we'll be watching from from afar her out in LA and as, as long as uh, I can I'll be at that game, I haven't checked my summer schedule yet but I'll be at the game when the, when the Sparks come here to play the Lynx but um, like I said she forever changed the state in a really positive way and, and I told her this will always be home for you. When you first heard, I mean, were you shocked? I mean, was yeah. it yesterday or did you have a little bit of heads yeah. up? I did. I got some heads up. 
Um, I still know a few, few people over there in the organization, so I had a little heads up, but um, I didn't know officially when it was going to happen. I saw it on Twitter after practice yesterday. Um, but, um, yeah, I was surprised like everybody, but, hey, you know, it's, um, like I said, it doesn't change anything in the last 14 years, and um, obviously we always wish Mo nothing but the best and and to have a healthy and, and good year out there. And, um, you know, it's just there's everybody's career kind of takes, you know, I retired and now I'm here. Um, you know, Brunson has gone into broadcasting and now she's coaching and, um, you know, Mo, Mo wants to play another year or so I don't did she say that I, I don't know if this is if this is it or whatever you know but everybody's kind of you know careers take take form in different ways and um, Maya's obviously uh, focusing on um, on what she's focusing on so um, unbelievable run we're always family you know coach is still there coaching uh, which is awesome but um, it doesn't change anything for me well spoken Lindsay Whalen Gophers head coach talking about her former teammate Simone Augustus and Simone's decision to leave the links and sign with the Sparks. A reminder, what I said last segment, but I get it. The audience is ever-changing. The links did make Simone a nice offer. She chose to leave the links. No bridges burned. Everything is okay. I know it caught some links people off guard, but it's not like that relationship is now burned. But, yeah, the links thought she would return. They offered her a contract, but she chose to sign with the Los Angeles Sparks. A Gophers basketball note, Michael Robinson, a 2020 forward from Sunrise Christian Academy in Kansas, has received an offer from the Gophers. Gophers assistant Kyle Linstead used to coach at Sunrise Christian. Richard Patino saw Robinson earlier this week. Another 2020 Gophers target, Kerwin Walton of Hopkins High School, will have Creighton head coach Greg McDermott in the house tonight. Also, Roy Williams of North Carolina is hoping to make it here for one of Hopkins' playoff games in early March. That is still a little bit fluid, a little bit up in the air, but Roy has reached out to some people at Hopkins inquiring about the schedule, or at least somebody close to Roy. So we'll wait and see if Roy can make it here, but North Carolina is still tracking Kerwin Walton's happenings. Kerwin certainly will have a number of options. Arizona go up and down the list, so the Gophers have to have a plan B. Their plan A right now would be they'd love to receive a commitment from Kerwin Walton, but Kerwin is one of the best uncommitted players in the senior class in the country. All right, let's transition back to football. Thomas Barber, former Gophers linebacker, played a bunch as a freshman, mostly on special teams, and started games at linebacker as a sophomore, junior, and senior. A legacy family. You think about two older brothers that played in the NFL, dad who played in the NFL. Thomas Barber is hoping to make it to the NFL. I caught up with Thomas recently. He is training with Bill Welly, noted local trainer Bill Welly, who has trained Larry Fitzgerald Jr. going back years, any number of guys. Bill is one of the better trainers in the country. He worked in Florida for a stretch. So anyway, Bill is back here in the Twin Cities training a bunch of draft hopefuls, including Thomas Barber. Here's my conversation from the other day with former gopher Thomas Barber. How much has it been a whirlwind? I mean, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. You guys are winning the Outback Bowl in Tampa. Next thing you know, you're preparing for March 25th in Pro Day. Yeah, no, I came around fast. You know, I had about a five-day break. Uh, started up January 6th with Bill. Um, but, you know, loving the process, loving what Bill has in store for us. You know, he's getting us better, and it's just been fun. I mean, what is this process like? I mean, you guys are doing, like, today, very specific 40 work. Yeah, no, it's very, he's very specific, very detailed. Everything he does has a simple, or... Apart for each day, 
So like Monday we split it up, Tuesday we split it up. So it's something each day, and it's very you know specific. You know we got a lot lot of time before March 25th. Um, so you know we're trying to make sure everything in our technique is perfect. Then on the 25th of March, you know we just go out there and, and run. Even with you know a lot of time until March 25th, you've put a lot of work in. Like, can you see noticeable improvement over the last few weeks? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and it's it's not it's not going to be easy. You know, and we were actually messing with Bill last week about geez. Feel like we got a little slow. He's like, yes, it's gonna happen, but you know, our technique is getting better, and we can see. You know, we watch film on our 40s and our shuttles and our, you know, our seven or three cone drills. Um, so everything, you know, has a purpose. You know, um, and we're just excited. So we have seen improvement, and that's one thing that you know we have all noticed, and we're excited about. How much fun is it working with Bill? I mean, you think about Bill's history. I mean, going way back with Larry Fitzgerald Jr. He's worked with so many pros. Yeah, no, I mean, he has, he has the credentials for sure. You know, I used to work with Bill back in high school, too. Uh, I told him when I got to this point, I'm coming right back to you. Um, and here we are. He was very excited um, when I told him. And I was very excited to work with him. I know what he's done. I've seen what he's done, you know, just with, you know, an old, you know, Northwest grad, you know, Monty Hooker last year, seeing what he did with Imani. Um, so it was very incredible. Do you have a chip on your shoulder? I mean, you didn't get the combine invite. Do you feel like, hey, you have a lot to prove right now? Just, just to myself, you know, just proving to myself. Um, and obviously the scouts say, you know, I, I can play, you know, I can run, I can do all all that. Um, but, no, you know, I'm just looking forward to my opportunity. That's all I can look forward to is the opportunity on March 25th. Um, you know, proud for all the guys who did get combine invites. You know, my roommates got two roommates or three roommates uh, going, so I'm very excited for them. But, no, I'm just excited for my opportunity on the 25th. How much are you leaning on your older brothers for advice as as this pro process continues? You know, they're always giving me advice, and I don't even have to ask. Um, they're always there in my ear whenever whenever they feel like they just see something and they're like, oh, I should mention this to you, mention that to you. And then I know I can always go to them about this process. And I suppose Dad, too. I mean, Dad has to be an unbelievable resource. Oh, for sure. You know, he's... <laughs> If you ask anybody, yeah, he has. He can. He can. He can talk for days. You know about anything, about just how how great of a blessing this is in general that I'm in this position. So, I mean, is there any thought about continuing the barber legacy? You know, the fact that Dad and your brothers have have NFL credentials. Um, yeah, you know, you always want to be. You always want to. You know, that's my dream since I was a little kid playing the NFL. Um, but if it doesn't work out, um, you know, hopefully it does. But it doesn't. I know they have my back and they're proud of me for whatever I did. Um, you know, and there's other options as well. Uh, so, no, I mean, it's always in the back of my mind that I want to play in the NFL, but it's nothing that it's, you know, going to beat myself over. How much versatility do you have? Like, you know, do you feel like when, when NFL scouts will talk to you that you can say, hey, I can absolutely help your team on special teams in addition to, you know, playing the linebacker spot? No, oh, yeah, for sure. That's the first thing I say. Special teams, special teams, special teams. That's how I got my start in college. Um, you know, I was supposed to be redshirted, but then needed special teams help. Did all four special teams. Um, and that's one thing they first asked me about special teams, you know, being versatile, you know, other positions I could play, um, just being open to anything as well. Um, so just knowing that I can help teams um, overall in any aspect they need and that I'm going to be a team first guy, whatever they need me to play. Have you had much time to reflect on just your Gophers legacy, all that you've been through? I mean, I think about heck, 2016, you know, the boycott, and just from that moment to this moment, all that you experienced. No, yeah, it's, I mean, me and my roommates, like I've mentioned them before, and they always mention each other. It's just, it's been crazy four years, but like we, like we said, we, we started back up on, on five days after, you know, they flew out to their spots couple days after the game as well so you know it'll be a fun reunion on the march 25th obviously we're going to get do our work get done but you know it's going to be fun to catch up and actually you know reminisce on what we accomplished what happened stuff like that so like because right now we're in grind mode um and that's one thing you know we, we set our minds to that we're just going to go out and chase these dreams on grind mode i mean take us through a typical thursday 
or typical Friday also on, on the diet front? Like, have you had to rework how, how you eat? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, like, Thursdays, Fridays, you know, we, we do speed work or agility work in the morning. You know, we get a little break, and then we come back in the afternoon, and then that's when we do our lift and whatnot. Um, Fridays, is the, we call it the fun day. That's when we get to go straight field work in the morning, you know, football drills, football-related stuff, and then we come back and lift. But, no, yeah, and they got a nice diet plan for here at, you know, the training house. Mm, specifically for our bodies, um, so yeah, I've seen improvements. We lost some uh, percentage of body fat already. Lost some good, good weight. Gained some lean muscle. So what they're doing here is pretty, pretty incredible. What about numbers wise? Like, are you down five pounds, ten pounds, or I guess muscle wise, or you know, like other numbers you can quantify and say, okay, here's the improvement I've made. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I'm seeing it. You know, I think it's like seven pounds right now. But you know. Nothing major. Just trying to make myself the best, you know, I can be for March 25th. Is it crazy how much stock goes into, like, your 40 time or maybe a couple of the other, you know, shuttle drills, what have you, as opposed to mm -hmm. certainly your tape matters. Yeah. But it seems like, like if you ran a really good 40 time, mm -hmm. you know, that can go a really long way. Is it crazy to think about it like that? I don't know, for sure. And it's really just betting on yourself at this point, you know, especially when it comes to that. You know, for some people, you know, the 40, all that stuff really matters. You know, for some others, it doesn't matter as much. Um, for me, it does matter. So it's just betting on myself right now to improve that 40, uh, improve that pro jelly and things on that nature. And um, just going out there and performing. How about you go after this? The state of the Gophers program. I mean, so many guys back next year, especially on offense. Yeah. Like, are you just excited to see, you know, I mean, Outback Bowl and maybe what's next, maybe a trip to Pasadena in the near future? Oh, for sure. And I always tell them, hey, what we did here was special, but, you know, there's there's so much more you guys could do. And I told them I'm going to be in the front row of Pasadena when you guys get there, especially, you know, and also the Big Ten Championship. You know, I'm going to be right there. I'm going to be in the locker room. It's going to be act like I never left. So, no, I'm really excited for what Coach Flake is doing. I'm excited for what they can do, and I'm excited to be an alum. Former Gophers linebacker. Thomas Barber. That's a nice setup they have there at Training House in Egan. Barber is working out with Brandon Zilstra's brother, Shane, a wide receiver from Minnesota State, Mankato. He's a good-looking athlete. Sam Renner, his teammate with the Gophers, Maple Grove's own, the Gophers' defensive tackle stud from this past year. Sam has a chance. He won't get drafted, but maybe has a chance to go to some team's rookie camp and impress. It was a nice list of guys, including Corbin Lacina's son, Jake, who was the center of the year in, what, D2 at Augustana. So just a bunch of good athletes working out at Training House. And, in fact, tomorrow at Training House, they're actually doing some combine work with a ton of high school kids, like 150 to 200 kids from across Minnesota, some really good players, players that will play at the next level. Maybe not Big Ten players, but guys that will end up at South Dakota and North Dakota and North Dakota State. I saw that my guy, Fargo Flash, Justin Kinzemius' son, Cade, who's a wide receiver at Minnetonka, is taking part. It is a lengthy list. I got sent the the list of guys, and it's a bunch of names. Maybe not the top players like in the class of 2021 or 2022, but like that next tier, that third tier, that fourth tier, just a bunch of really good players will be going through a bunch of combine-style workouts tomorrow at Training House in Egan. Continuing here on Scoop Podcast episode 284. By the way, I'll get to some conversations in the near future, some future podcasts, whether with Renner, with Lucina, also with Zilstra. But now I want to replay a conversation I had about seven to ten days ago with Stephen Kroll of Eastview High School. He's a future Wisconsin Badger, 
Badgers commit, one of the best basketball players in the state in the class of 2020. You think about how loaded that class is. I just referenced Kerwin Walton at Hopkins, but you think about Jalen Suggs, McDonald's All-American, Minnehaha Academy, Dawson Garcia, McDonald's All-American, Prior Lake High School. There are so many good players in the state in the class of 2020. Ben Carlson at Eastridge. I mean, I could sit here for the next 20 minutes spewing a bunch of names because there are so many good players. Steven is one of those players. Eastview is one of the best teams in Class 4A. Eden Prairie is number one. Impressive win on Tuesday night at Minnehaha Academy, but Eastview slots in right after that. We could be on a collision course. Eden Prairie against Eastview in late March for the 4A Basketball Championship. Here is my conversation with Eastview big man, future Wisconsin Badger, Stephen Kroll. Stephen, 16-2, and two, number two in the state. Yeah. Do you like how you guys are playing right now? Yeah, I love it. We're just we're just on the steady incline, which is good for us. We haven't lost in a while, so I just, think, I just like where we're going right now. Yeah, I mean, six-game winning streak. Like, do you feel like with just a few games to go here in the regular season that you guys are peaking yeah. as you head into the playoffs? Yeah, but I feel like we're rolling on the way into sections, which is good, and then hopefully right into state. So hopefully that carries us right to the state championship game. You feel like some people are sleeping on you, like rightfully so. You guys played Eden Prairie, played them close. Yeah. They got you, but there's there's so much attention on Eden Prairie. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like some people are sleeping on Eastview? Um, I feel like a little bit, but not really. We're still right. We're right behind them, if not right there with them. So I feel like a little bit, but at the same time, no, not really. How much has this schedule challenged you? I mean, in conference, you know, shock if you go up and down the list, yeah. you're challenged. Yeah. But then I think about YZ in non-conference, Eastridge, Eden Prairie. It's yeah. been a very challenging schedule. Yeah, we've had one of the toughest conference or er, schedules in the state overall. Just all those like YZ, Eastridge, Prior Lake, Shakopee. Just every night, it's just just a challenge for us, which has made us so much better. So. I think that will really help us going in the state tournament, like I said, playing those tougher teams because so, we've seen a lot of them already. So I think that will help us in the state tournament. How has your life changed since you committed to Wisconsin? Um, it's just been a lot a lot busier, a lot more people notice me. So and it's just been fun. Just I'm enjoying every minute of it. I mean, you seem humble, maybe even an introvert to some extent. Like, do you welcome? Are you okay with, with everybody, you yeah. know, putting the spotlight on I'm you? welcome with it. It, get, it gets annoying at times, but I welcome it. I I like it, so like I said, I'm just enjoying it and taking it all in right now. Why were the Badgers the right fit for you? Um, they just had a lot of guys like me go through there and be really successful, go to the NBA and play in the pros. So I just hope to be the next one of those guys. I'm going to work hard to do it. So I just feel like I just, I just fit with their culture. So Yeah, I mean, Greg Gard's been there forever. Yeah. Like even a coach like Krabenhoff has been there forever and yeah. go up and down the list of, of guys they have on staff. Like you're right, going back. I mean, they honored the, the 2000 Final Four team over the weekend. Yeah. Like, going back, got a lot of guys that, that sort of fit your skill set. Exactly. So, just I just felt like it was the best fit for me over the other schools. All the other schools were great, though. Not saying they weren't, but I just felt like Wisconsin was the best fit for me. And I've, I just like all the coaches a lot and all the players, obviously. So, Did I see that you were there over the weekend? Yeah, I was there, what was it, Sunday? So, yesterday for their game against Ohio State, they played really well and they won. So, that was fun to see. And then, we, and then we got to hang out with the players a little bit and walk around the city. So that was fun. That was a lot of fun. But I hope to get back soon. Have you developed close relationships with, with the Minnesota guys on the roster? And then I think about Ben Carlson coming yeah. in with you. On my visit, I hung out with most of the Minnesota guys, Brad and Tyler. And not Micah, he's he's from Ohio. But I hung out with them. And then Ben, obviously, is on my AAU team, so I know him pretty well. But I'm still, I'm still building those relationships with them. So it'll be fun as we go along. Explain your game to us. For those of us who haven't watched you play a lot, it sounds like talking to coach, you can score inside, you can score outside. Yep. I like to say I'm a big that can shoot it, but I don't want to get like fall in love with the three, so I like to stay on the inside and do, do my post work down there, but 
I feel like I can do a little bit of everything, rebound, play defense, switch on ball screens, just, and then obviously on offense, just be able to shoot it, step outside and hit those shots, but then more importantly, stay on the inside and work on the inside. This is a key for anybody entering the Big Ten or going from high school to D1 is, is getting stronger. Is that an emphasis for you this summer? For sure. This summer and right after this season, I'll start. And then going into next year, hopefully I'm going to get a lot stronger and a lot bigger to compete in the Big Ten. So that's probably on top of the list for goals for me. He's getting stronger. How tall are you officially? About 6'9"? Or? I'm 6'10 and a half. 6'10 and a half, and then how much do you weigh currently? 205, 208, somewhere in, right in there. I've been waiting in a couple of days. But. but, I mean, like, the Wisconsin staff, have they given you a number in mind? Like, do they want you by the start of next season 220, higher than that? They haven't really given me a number yet, but I assume they will. But so far, they just, they just want me to get stronger in every way. Just can start to build up on my way there, and then this summer I'll really hit it hard when I go down there. So. And then 6'10 and a half, are the growth plates still open, or are you done at 6 and a half? No, I, I, think, I think I'm done. Luckily, I don't, I don't really want to get any taller, but I think I'm done. So. Who are some of the tougher matchups that you've had this year? Like, you know, were you guarding Dawson Garcia in the prior leg game? Like, how much do you embrace? And Dawson, I would suppose, is also an AAU teammate, so you know his game. But, like, who are some of the tougher matchups you've had this year? Um, Dawson, we played. Uh, ben was going to Wisconsin with me, obviously. And then um, I'd say those are the two big ones for me. But it's just fun playing against those guys because I played with them all summer. And just seeing them on the high school court is a little bit different. And it's just a lot of fun playing against really good players like that. Have you thought about Mr. Basketball? I mean, a lot of people say it's Jalen's award or maybe Dawson's award. But have you thought about maybe the possibility of winning that award? Um, no, not really. I'm more, I'm more concerned about winning the state championship, to be honest. But it'd be fun to win, but that's not really on my mind right now. Just, just this team and these guys are on my mind. So not really, no. You after this. Speaking of that, the way last year ended, you guys losing in what the the quarterfinals to Ben and, and Eastridge. Yeah. How does that motivate you? How does that motivate this team? Um, I think last year it gave us a little taste of what of what it was like to be in the state tournament. But this year we we want to go all the way and win the state championship and play on what was it Saturday night the state championship. We want to be there playing instead of over at Concordia playing. So I just think it gave, it gave us a lot of motivation going into this year. And obviously we're doing really good. So I just want to keep it going. Eastview big man, future Wisconsin Badger. Stephen Kroll. The Twins and Gophers are underway. The Gophers actually have their U.S. Bank Stadium opener tomorrow, so it's a quick turnaround. Play in Fort Myers tonight, hustle back to the Twin Cities, host TCU this weekend. But yeah, on the Twins front, so this is the start of a 33-game exhibition schedule. You know, some days they play multiple games. Then the opener is, what, March 26th in Oakland, so... 33 exhibition games, 162 regular season games, and who knows, hopefully a deep run late into October. I've been asked if the Twins are making any progress on signing any guys to contract extensions. Remember this time last year, they got Max Kepler done, they got Jorge Polanco done, some logical candidates, Jose Barrios, Jake Odorizzi, those two come instantly to mind. Maybe Nelson Cruz, if you wanted to extend him one more year at the age of 41 next year, but nothing hopping on that front. All it takes is one phone call. I'm sure there will be some dialogue because oftentimes agents visit their clients at spring training. So inevitably, if they go visit, they'll connect with Derek Falvey, Thad Levine, and others. But no movement right now. Twin scouting director Sean Johnson is at this weekend's great matchup of Florida at the University of Miami. The Gators and Hurricanes, number two in the country against number three in the country. Miami's got like three 
top 50 Major League Baseball draft prospects. So good opportunity for Sean and the Twins to scout some good players this particular weekend. All right, we are done. That does it for Scoop Podcast episode 284. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.